today I want to talk on the anointing. Uh, at the end of the message, I'm going to give you five character qualities of those people who God anoints. But I want to lay some groundwork for what that's going to look like. But before we even get to that point, I want to summarize the last couple of weeks so we can kind of all be on the same page with where we're at. In week one of our hunger series, we talked about personal holiness. We established, do you, do you remember, the, uh, your hunger determines your direction. Your hunger determines your direction. Whatever you are hungry for is what will determine where you will go and what you will do. It will determine the price that you're willing to pay. It will determine the amount of time that you're willing to give to it. Your level of hunger for whatever it may be that you're hungry for is what will cause you to stay involved in that thing. That was week one. In week two of our series, which was last Sunday, we looked at when you're hungry for God, you want to draw near to God. When you have a hunger to experience God in your life, you will have a hunger to be in fellowship, to be in relationship with God. And the Bible tells us that as you draw near to God, He will what? He will draw near to you. And when this happens, you will discover the more time you spend with Jesus, the more you want to become like Jesus. And we concluded in last week's message saying that in order for us to draw near to God, three things are going to happen. We've got to be set apart. We've got to be holy. And we have to be useful to do the ministry of what God has called us to do in our lives. And today I want to look at what happens when you draw near to God? What happens when you live in personal holiness? At the time of salvation, when you give your life to Jesus, several things happen. First and foremost, you're born again. We all, you become a child of God. The second thing that happens is that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. And another way we can say that for today's lesson is that whenever the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, you become anointed to do what God has called you to do. We probably all understand what it means to be saved. We, we, we get that down, but maybe not so much understand the term anointed, or maybe it's been a churchy word that you're just not sure of what it is about. So what is the anointing? Why do I need the anointing? Do I have to have the anointing? Uh, before I explain what the anointing is, you have already seen the anointing in operation and maybe or maybe not picked up on it. Let me give you an example. Have you ever been into a place where you heard someone singing and as they are singing, you are captivated by what is being sung? You're just like, wow, I'm just drawn into this song. There's something on this song. That's the anointing. Or, or maybe you've been in a business transaction and the person you're doing business with is just upstanding. They're honest. You just know you can trust this person. It's just there's something different when you walk in there. It just feels right. What are you feeling? You were feeling the anointing on their life for that business transaction. I have... Uh, I've been in business here for how long? Three years? Almost three, three and a half years, my business. Um, and one thing that we have to understand that your anointing is not just for ministry. A lot of times we think the word anointed, that's a church term. That's, we do that at church. We, we're, no, no, no. The anointing is for everything. It's for your business. It's for your family. It's for your children. It's for everything that you do. And three 
years ago when I started up our business here, uh, within within just about two years or so, we were rated the highest in my industry business in Norman. I would go to so many houses, and, and I, you can go and check on our reviews. You can fact check me on this one. Go look at our reviews. And, and they would say, when, when Taylor was here, there was just something different. When, when Taylor's business was here, when they were operating, something I, it was just different than when other people came. I trust this guy. There's something that's here. What were they experiencing, and they didn't even know it? The anointing on my life. There's an anointing on your life that is used for ministry, but it's also used for your everyday living. Whenever I was uh, talking to another business owner in our town, a, this was a couple of months ago, he owns a business just like mine. And he was telling me, he said, man, he's been here, I think for like eight years is what he said. He's like, man, my equipment's always breaking down because I buy new and it's just breaking down. And he said, I, I, my chemical, the things just aren't working. He said, customers are never satisfied. As he's telling me this, underneath my breath, I say, thank you, Lord, that I'm anointed. Because my stuff always works. <laughs> my chemicals are always good. I have more reviews than any other business in town. Not because I'm that great of a person, but it's because there's an anointing on my life that manifests when I'm operating in the call of God that's upon my life. Why is it that I can move to town and three years later, we've been here four years, but three years later that God allows our business to grow as much of what it has? The answer is simple. It's the anointing on our life. You heard me say it a while ago. We've gone from eight people to 50 people in five months. Why? The anointing. In your outline, look at the very top in green ink. Here is what I want you to get today. It is the anointing that makes the difference. In every single one of us, there is an anointing. When you surrender to God, when you walk in the ways that God has called you to walk, uh, you are anointed by God. You become The anointing becomes the, the guiding path that we follow in our life. When uh, we are looking at buying another business right now, and I was talking to that business owner, and he was telling me the struggles of what he's having. The business model is great. Everything about the business is good, but his business is not good. Why not? He's not anointed to run that business. Whenever we talk to him and we think about purchasing this business, we think of it this way. The anointing on our lives will take us to places where the anointing without it can take us. You following me? Kind of, sort of? Yeah? No? Maybe so? <laughs> when, when the anointing is on your life, you can walk into the room and things begin to shift. When there is an anointing on your life, you can walk into a meeting that has confusion and when you speak, clarity begins to come forth. Have you experienced that before? Yeah. Whenever there's an anointing on your life, when you get involved in things, things just begin to work out better for you than they did somebody else because of the anointing. It is the anointing that makes the difference. So what is the anointing? Back a long, long, long time ago, shepherds would herd their sheep out in the flocks. This was before vaccines and medicines and all that stuff. And uh, whenever the sheep would be out in the field, they would have many sheep die because ticks, insects, bugs would go inside their ears and plant inside there and give the sheep diseases. So they came up with this process of putting oil on the sheep's head and ears. 
they would anoint the sheep and, and the, the ears so that the bugs and insects could not plant inside the ear to kill them. This became symbolic for what was to come. We see how the oil on the sheep would protect the sheep. You could say it this way. Exactly what Shannon just said. The sheep was anointed with oil and the anointing that it came forth brought about protection. It brought about peace. It brought about health. It brought about healing. Whenever the sheep had the oil put on it, the sheep was safe. In the Old Testament, in the Bible, there are many examples of God anointing people for specific tasks. A king was anointed. Uh, Nehemiah was anointed to build a wall. There is uh, uh, many, many examples of the anointing being upon somebody for a specific assignment. But it shifts when it gets to the New Testament. In the New Testament, everyone's anointed. In the Old Testament, select few were anointed. The anointing would come on you for the specific assignment. In the New Testament, it shifts and says that we are all anointed. The anointing gets in you whenever you give your life to Christ at salvation and the Holy Spirit comes inside of your life. Let me show you this in your outline. Acts chapter 10. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, and God was with him. If Jesus needed to be anointed, don't you think we need to be anointed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever Jesus had, we need to have. Whatever Jesus did, we need to do. The anointing causes you to be set apart. The anointing causes you to live a holy life. The anointing will give you favor. The anointing is the difference maker. The anointing is what breaks the yoke in your life. The anointing is what breaks the bondage in your life. It is the anointing on your life that will determine the direction that you go and the ability that you have to get to where God's called you to go. If you have the anointing on your life as a believer, it is because that God is operating inside your life and you have to ask yourself, how and why does this happen? I am not your Holy Spirit. <laughs> But I do want to bring some things to your attention in this series called Hunger. This whole thing is about being hungry for God. The, this whole thing is about, God, we, we need you more. We need your presence. We need your anointing. We need you to move in our lives. We need you to move in our homes and our churches. We need you to move in our families. We need you to move in our children. We need you to move in our friends. We've got to hunger for God in such a way that we don't hinder the anointing on our lives to do what God has called us to do. If God is not moving in your life, we backdate, backtrack to uh, last week and the week before. We talked about you operate under two different priesthoods. The priesthood of Eli, the priesthood of Zadok. If you're living like Eli, you are full of the world and I'm going to modernize it a bit so you have a better understanding. If you're watching movies full of filth, if you're listening to music full of filth, if what comes out of your mouth is full of filth, you are operating under the priesthood of Eli. If you're living in intentional sin, if you are choosing to defile the anointing of God upon your life, you may see God's grace upon your life in some areas, but overall, you, you suppress the anointing. You, you, 
You cannot dine at the table with God in His holiness and live like the devil. <laughs> I, I know this is not popular, but this isn't going to get more people in the seats talking like this, but this is what the church needs. It's what we, we had over 1,500 people log in and watch us on YouTube. I don't know about Facebook, on YouTube. Those are like watching. To, you need to hear this, people. You don't need to be sugar-coated, comforted, and hey, you're going to be a Christian and God's got you. No, 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 no. If you don't live your life for God, you will not walk in the anointing that God has for you. Therefore, you will not walk in what God has for your life. When, when, when you put into your life, or what you put into your life will lead your hunger. Let me say it again. What you put into your life will lead your hunger. If you put junk in your life, you will begin to crave junk. If you put the Spirit of God in your life, you will begin to crave the Spirit of God. If you put a crumble cookie in your mouth, what are you going to want? You're going to want some more crumble cookies. Lay's potato chips said it right. I bet you can't have just one. They're exactly right because once you've tasted the sugar, the fat, and the oil, you're going to want more of what they have to offer. What you taste is what will determine the direction you go. So what are you tasting when it comes to your walk with God? I, I, I don't like carrots, um, those, the orange sticky things. Um, but Adrienne made me eat them. Uh, she says they're good for your eyes, they're good for your heart, they're good for all this stuff. She's so mean to me. Um, but, but the bottom line is, the more I ate them, the more I got a taste for them. Now, man, dip those suckers in a whole heap of ranch and I'm good. Man. I can just down those things. I even get that green junk you pour in your smoothies. Just, just pour some in. It doesn't even bother anymore. I've lost all my taste buds. So I, I can eat these things. I can taste it. I can eat these things. But I had to acquire a taste for it. And once I acquired a taste for it, I wanted more of it. There are things in your life that you have to acquire a taste for. And if you've never acquired or tasted something, you don't understand what that something can do for you. When you've never tasted the anointing, anointing on your life. You don't understand what walking in the anointing will allow you to do. You've got to taste and see, the Bible says. <laughs> um, as a believer in Christ, there is an anointing on your life. And in order for that anointing to operate, you cannot suppress it by living like the world. So what is the anointing? Let's look in your outline. The anoint means to smear or it means to rub or to smear all over. <laughs> Don't overcomplicate it. So what, it, what, what that means as a believer in Christ, that we are rubbed or smeared with the Holy Spirit. This morning before I left my house, I put on a little cologne. It's pretty good, you know. And whenever you walk by me or I walk by you, you, you might smell that. It's not B.O. It's cologne, I promise you. You, you, you. you might get a whiff of that. But what if I took that bottle of cologne and I broke open the top of it and I just poured the whole thing on me? You would be able to smell me as soon as you walked into the building. The greater the fragrance of God on your life, the more people will understand what's on your life. 
You guys didn't see that one coming, did you? Everyone would walk in the room and smell it. When you are anointed by God, everyone in the room should know that there is an anointing on your life. When you are anointed by God, it begins to affect every single thing that you do. The stronger the anointing is, the greater the difference between you and everyone else there will be. When you are anointed, there is something different about you. You keep your word. You're an honest person. You're a humble person. You're a caring person. You walk in the fruits of the Spirit. You have the joy of the Lord. When you're anointed, you see radical favor upon your life. God begins to open doors for you that you can never open up for yourself. As I mentioned earlier, there's an anointing that comes on us when we are saved. We could say it this way in your outline, 1 John 2, but the anointing that you receive from Him abides in you. There is an anointing that abides in you. When there is this anointing, you will feel peace. You will feel joy. Uh, you, you will walk in a greater level of wisdom than, than emotion. Uh, you're, you're, you allow your, your, the, the anointing on your life to guide your decisions more than the emotion on your life to guide your decisions. But we have to protect the anointing. The anointing is in you. It's been given to you as a gift. Okay? We clear with that? But there is also a price you have to pay if you want to walk in a greater anointing. The greater the price you're willing to pay, the greater measure of faith you will receive. In Mark 14, in your outline, and while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he was reclining at a table. A woman came with an alabaster flask, an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. Jesus is sitting in a home, and Mary comes and breaks this flask of costly perfume and pours it at the feet of Jesus. Just as the flask had to be broken in order to get to the perfume, Follow me on this. You have to break some things in your life to get to the anointing that God wants you to walk in. So what is in you can be poured out of you to benefit other people. What is in me won't do me any good if God doesn't have access to it to benefit the body of Christ. God uses me to benefit you. God uses you to benefit others. The anointing of God upon your life is to benefit others. But in order for you to be usable by God, you must be able to have access to the anointing on your life and live that out. If the word anointing doesn't necessarily compute with you, let me use a different word and see if this will make a little bit more sense. Put the word enable. When you are anointed by God, you are enabled to do the task that God has for your life. Last week after service, we prayed for those who desired prayer. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. At that time, we lined up and some left, some stayed. And my mom and I, we prophesied, gave words of knowledge, prayed Hopefully some of you sent something. Hopefully some of you received a word. That's an easy example to understand the anointing. God enabled us to do something that we couldn't do on our own. We spoke words that we could not make up on our own. That is the anointing on our lives operating. When you are 
anointed, you are equipped to do the work of ministry. But remember, the anointing is not only for ministry. So don't look at it as just a church word. The anointing is for everything. You need the anointing to be a parent. <laughs> you need the anointing to uh, function in your workplace. You need the anointing to run your bit. You, you need the anointing at that intersection down 36 going into more where Walmart's at and Starbucks and all that. That's the craziest intersection around. You need the, it'll cause you go crazy. You're just going to have all sorts of things come up on your. You need the anointing to get through that intersection. You need the anointing of God upon your life. Let me let me rephrase this. You need to be equipped by God to be a parent. You need to be equipped because I've got kids. I understand when they do something wrong and one side of you says, I'm going to bust your... But then the anointing rises up and says, use this as a teaching opportunity. Uh, now I'm not afraid of the spanking. Don't get me wrong. I'll pull out that belt. But some things require different elements of teaching. The anointing on your life will help you dictate which direction to go down. When you're at work, you need the anointing to handle customers, <laughs> to handle co-workers, to, to handle other employees, to handle deadlines that are coming. When I sit down on Monday and I, I begin to think and write and, and put these messages together, this is all new to me, four months doing, five months doing this, I'm, I'm new at this. I need the anointing of God upon my life to be able to decipher and say, God, what are you leading our church to do? Where, where are you directing us to go? Without the anointing, shut the doors down. We're just like the health club down the street. If I'm not living my life in such a way that I feel called to live, am I still anointed? Yes. The anointing is there. But the anointing thrives when you're sitting at the table with Jesus. When I have been with God, I can walk out from Him in the anointing and I will be equipped to handle what comes to me that day. When Saul was anointed as king, God told Saul, basically, I, I need you to take out this entire tribe of people. The, the bad people, the good people, the, the children, they take out everything. Saul didn't want to do it. Saul took out all the bad, but he kept some of the good. And Saul was pretty proud of what he did. He, he came and built a monument for himself. He said, look at me. I conquered these people and we saved the good and, and, and we got rid of the bad. And God came and said, Saul, did you do what I asked you to do? And Saul's like, yeah, I took out all the bad. And God said, that's not what I asked you to do. The anointing at Saul's life in that moment was blocked. David, right before then, was anointed as king. David was living in the palace with Saul. Whenever the anointing on Saul's life was blocked, Saul went crazy. He started taking spears. He started throwing them at David, trying to kill him. The anointing 
when it was blocked, caused him to do things he would not normally do. You are operating in the anointing right now. It causes you to do or not to do things that you should want to do. The anointing on your life is guiding you. But what happened was when the anointing was blocked on Saul, Saul would pick up a spear and throw it. That's a lot like what we do today. We pick up words and we throw those words. We say things. We act in ways. We throw spears. The thing about Saul and what the difference between him and David was Saul went apart from the anointing through spears. David learned under the anointing that he could not throw the spears back. If he wanted to keep the anointing of God upon his life, he could not throw those spears back. Look in your outline. The one who throws dirt... Loses ground. <laughs> Does that make sense? Think of it. You, when, you, when you pick up dirt and throw it, you've just lost part of your ground. Okay. Do not throw away your anointing. When we walk like Jesus walked, when we talk like Jesus talked, when we act like Jesus acted, when you break open the flask where the oil that is held on the inside of you can be poured out upon you, it is the anointing that breaks the difference. You may be thinking that I don't know what I'm anointed for. The anointing on your life is there for all things to line up with God. If you are not sure, then ask the Lord to show you. He will guide you. He will give you wisdom. Let me add this harsh reality, going back to what the church, capital C, needs to hear today. If there is sin in your life, you suppress the anointing on your life. If you want all of what God has for you, you have to suppress the sin. Ask God to show you, what is holding me back from my anointing operating in the way that you have asked me to operate in? When Jesus went to the cross... He didn't want to die, but he wanted the will of God done more than what he wanted his will. Remember, he said, God, if you can take this cup of suffering from me, but not my will be done, but yours. When you are holding on to something more than you want God, that something is the thing that will stop the anointing from operating in your life. As you're Pastor, as your, as your friend, this church is hungry for a move of God. This church is hungry for the Spirit of God to, to manifest. And I'm talking in ways that we've not seen, in ways that, that it's not happening out there in other churches that I can find. I, I, I see there's just this mix of people making stuff up. and there's this, there's, we, we want the genuine, authentic power of the Holy Spirit to manifest. But it's going to be the anointing that makes the difference. If we suppress the anointing on our lives, how are we going to come together corporately and do what God's called us to do if individually we're not following God's plan for us? It's not a, a Taylor Chapman show up here, even though it seems like it is today. <laughs> Sorry about that. But... That's not what this is all about. This is all about collectively, all of us coming together, holding each other accountable, saying, God, do something different in us because of the call of God that's upon this place. What is it that makes the difference? The anointing. We understand that we need the anointing in our lives. But who can be anointed? Who can have the greater level of of an anointing.
As we mentioned earlier, there is a, there's an anointing that is gifted to you by the Holy Spirit at the time of salvation. We all have it. But then there's that anointing we pay the price for. It's a greater measure, a greater anointing. I want to give you really quick five people who God anoints. Let's pull out your outline. We're going to burn to these pretty quick. You say, I want all of God. I want the anointing. I want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to walk in what God has for me. I want the anointing operating in my life. Number one, who does God anoint? Those whose shepherd is the Lord. I did not put the verses in here on purpose because I want you guys as homework this week to go look them up and pray about them and meditate on them. So number one, those whose shepherd is the Lord. If you are a follower of Christ, that is the first person that God will anoint. If you are a follower of Christ, you cannot be anointed by God for the greater price. Number two, those who love righteousness. This becomes the sin issue. If you are living in sin, you cannot have the greater level of anointing. For reference, look at Psalms 45.7. Number three, who does God anoint? Those who live in unity with God and His people. Number four, who does God anoint? The liberal. Those are the givers. The people who give. People who are just kind. People who are generous. And number five, who does God anoint? The diligent. Those who work hard. Now, I've never done it this way, but I want you to take that this week, and I want you to look those up, and I want you to pray over them. Because if you want to walk in the greater level of anointing, I want you to do some research. My dad always told me, champions will rise to the top. He, he said, don't always give him everything. See who's willing to pay the price. I thought this would be a great place to start. <laughs> Who wants the anointing on their life in a greater measure, in a greater capacity? Who's willing to go what we talked about three weeks ago? Who's willing to go all in with what God's called them to do? There's an anointing that if you're willing to pay the price for, is worth it. But I ask you today, are you hungry? Because your hunger will determine your direction in all things. The anointing is what makes the difference. Let's pray. Father God, I ask that you anoint us above our wildest imagination that everywhere we go, we go in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Everything we say, we say under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we cannot live our lives apart from you. And we need you to smear us. We need you to rub us with more of you. We need the fragrance of, of heaven to be the fragrance of our lives. But God, we don't want just a spritz of it. We want the broken flask poured out over us. We want the anointing of God so fragrant in our lives that everywhere we go, everyone we see, everything we 
do is, is done under the anointing of your spirit in order for us to do the assignment that you have placed upon our lives. So Holy Spirit today, anoint us to do and fulfill the calling upon our lives. Anoint us to fulfill the destiny that you have for us. Anoint this church to reach the people that you need it to be a, a vessel unto. God, do something different in our lives because God, we are setting ourselves apart holy and useful for ministry, abiding in the anointing of your spirit because apart from it, we can do nothing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.